frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Even now, if you see the moss-haired girl walking around in these woods, remember, it's only her body. The witches take turns in her head. Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio's Darnish Horror Month. This is the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. I'm Lewis. And we're here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. And today, I picked the film Bad Hair from 2020, written and directed by Justin Simeon, starring Ellie Lorraine. And co-starring many, many people, including Jay Farrow, Lena Waithe, Kelly Rowland, Laverne Cox, Shante Adams, Ashley Blaine, Featherson, James Vanderbeek, and Michelle Hurd. Uh, this is a film that I tried to go see in 2020, just before the pandemic hit, when I was at Sundance. Um, it was uh so i went with my classmates uh, a select group of people that got to go to sundance and volunteer and um see films and sunday was the last day of the festival and everybody like got plane tickets for early in the day and i was like i'm going to get my plane ticket for late in the night so i can watch films all day and so that's what I did, but this is January in Utah. And the weather was great all week until that Sunday and a huge snowstorm came in. So I had a ticket for Minari at like seven something. And then I had a ticket for this movie, Bad Hair, at like 10. Uh, and I got to see Minari and then I got in an Uber to go to um, see Bad Hair. and all the news is like this storm is coming and then my plane ticket got canceled and I was like, I think I'm just going to have to go straight to the airport because number one, I don't want to get stuck in a movie theater in a snowstorm <laughs> in the middle of nowhere with nowhere to go afterwards. Um, and two, I had to sort out uh, getting my, getting a new plane ticket. So I skipped seeing this film and uh, it's been on my list ever since you know the last two and a half years and um this was a film that i wanted to see like when i was planning on going to sundance i looked up you know the films that were showing and uh saw that the director justin simeon had been to sundance before with uh his film dear white people so i like watched that you know before i went to sundance because i wanted to see this film and yeah, so that now it's been on my list for two and a half years, and I finally picked it for, bless you, for Film Church Radio, <laughs> so that uh, yeah, so that we could finally watch it and discuss it. <laughs> to um, everybody listening, sorry to interrupt. That is going to sound really bizarre because I turned my mic down so that so that nobody would hear it on the recording. So um, yeah, 
Yeah. Brand, we are a Ble- film church, so randomly Brandon blesses me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's the film we're talking about today. And awesome. if you want to know what we're talking about next week, you're going to have to listen to the end because that's when Lewis will tell us. Um, before we get into all of that, I want to say thank you to everyone who has been listening to the show. Um, the fact that we have anybody listening is amazing. Welcome to the film church. If this is your new or this is your first time listening, welcome to the community. Welcome to the congregation. You can find us on all social media platforms at film church radio, and also check out our YouTube channel at film church radio, where we have some extra content. And we also do a guest every once every month. Um, and we do a video podcast for that. And that's on our YouTube channel. So go there and please subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can get, you know, more recognition, possibly income at some point, tithing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for being here. On with the show. This is the section where we have a little teaser before we get into the main feature and we talk about the films that we've been watching this week, other than our main feature, kind of like trailers. So, Lewis, what have you been watching this week? Well, first of all, hello. I know that I've kind hey. of spoken already, but I haven't said hello yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so with it still being October, the Halloween theme has continued into this week's um, film watching. Um, and the first film I watched is a revisit. I went back and watched Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Yeah. Um, Johnny Depp. Yeah. The <laughs> first role ever, especially with everything that's going on. It's pretty bizarre to see him. Yeah. Um, for people that have never seen it, tells the story of Freddy Krueger, who decides to attack um, a bunch of high schoolers in their sleep. What a uh, horrible thing to do. I know. Yeah, what a guy. Um, I, I'd seen this before, and I can remember not being overly like hot on it. It wasn't my favorite horror film by a long way. But something really just worked this time a lot differently. I think I just started to appreciate, you know, taking it away from the, the sequels that came after in this whole franchise that was built around him. Just how brilliant and kind of like i don't know just singular this idea was you know yeah like all these things had come before we'd seen halloween at this point you know the, it, all these kind of horror films about maniacs with knives and this was like even when you're asleep you're not going to be able to escape this guy and i think yeah. it's now it's easy now to be like yeah we've seen that net like that's part of culture you know yeah. where th- when this came out it was so different that i'm sure it must have been terrifying yeah um and i really don't wes craven right it is yeah Yeah. so who just continued to kind of like elevate and change the genre as he went along you know um and i don't think it's aged the special effects still look great the death scenes are just like incredibly well choreographed and like filmed um and like tina's death the the first character that dies, spoiler alert, is so good. She gets like dragged up the wall and then mm. across the ceiling. And it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. 
So I remember feeling kind of the same way the first time I watched it. I was like, eh, you know, but I think I might it might have the same effect on me that you're talking yeah. about when I go back and watch it again. I don't know if I was just in the mood for it with it being Halloween and it just like like I just really enjoyed the an hour and a half in that film, you know. Yeah. Um I think that Johnny Depp's good. He's fine. Um yeah. Heather Lagenkamp, who plays Nancy, the main character, I do not think she's very good in this film, mm. unfortunately. And I know that she says that um it's like her best performance. Oh really? it, it, yeah, it just seems so wooden to me. I don't know. Um she has got a great scream though. Like when she's screaming, it's like, okay, that's a proper like horror like scream queen scream. Yeah. So um and it, you know, compared to, you know, we talked about Midsummer last week and how I said that it was a bit prolonged and like kept drawing things out. This doesn't waste a second. Like the first scenes we get, uh, Tina in her dream being chased by Freddy. Yeah. You know, it's not even like, oh God, you know, who is just like, okay, he's there. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, so I'd recommend everyone going back to check it out. And then I did something similar to you. Um, Chelsea and I went back and watched The Mummy. Yes. From 1999. Yeah. Um, this, it just holds such a special place in my heart, this film. Yeah. Um, I can just remember watching it as a kid and the second one and just absolutely loving it. You know, I, I kind of, I liked um, Egyptian things when I was a kid and this just worked. It was like the perfect blend of humor, action in Egypt for me yeah. at that right age. And it's just yeah. great. It was like Indiana Jones in Egypt. Yeah, exactly. And while I was watching it this time, I just got this full realization of we just never, we're never going to get films like this anymore. The family-friendly yeah. block, like blockbuster, that's you know, you could tell it dominated the summer of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, you know, um, and we're just never going to get that kind of stuff again. Just before the Phantom Menace, I guess was that Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So it, I mean, what a year. Just yeah, also like the Matrix franchise. too, though, but yeah. I guess the Matrix was not family-friendly. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Depends what kind of family you've got. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I had a great time going back to revisit. I think we're going to try and watch the second one as well. Um, that's normally where we cut it off when like yeah. the main cast start you know, breaking off. And You don't watch really... The Scorpion King? Yeah, we, we, I mean, <laughs> I've seen it in the past. It's just, which has got the worst CGI yeah. ever. For like yeah. a big blockbuster film, um, probably won't go back and see that, but that's okay. Dwayne's got enough money; he doesn't need mine. Yeah. So, um, and then I watched Cure, which was an interesting film. It's a film that's been on my list for a while from 1997. Um, a Japanese kind of horror and uh, thriller, I guess. Um, uh-huh. And it's about a bunch of people in Japan that commit crimes um, for no apparent reason. And they cut like X's into people's like throats. Um, and there's no real, and they all kind of admit to them, you know, but this one detective, like he thinks there's something that connects them all. Um, and it's kind of goes down this weird rabbit hole of like, uh, like inner like sacrifices and, you know, um, mental illness and all that kind of stuff. And it was really, it was really interesting. I don't think it worked for me on, on the level it should have done this time. Yeah. I came away from it and I was like, I know that was good, 
but I don't know why. Like, I can't pick out what I liked about it. Hmm. Um, and this happens sometimes, you know, where you watch a film and it kind and you, you know that there's something there that you just didn't quite get. Yeah. Um, so I gave it three out of five. I, I do want to go back and revisit it. I think that there's definitely something in there that, you know, I've been thinking about a lot, but yeah. I'm just, I can't put my finger on what it is. Um, and maybe that's, that's what it is. Maybe it's, you know, it's not definable. Um, but there was some really interesting camera movements in it, which I really liked where, you know, we're in a room for a prolonged period of time and it would zoom in on someone and then slowly zoom out and people would mm. change and sit in different seats and like they would move around the room and then it would zoom in on someone else. Um, and it was very well choreographed. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Some of the set pieces were great. Um, but yeah, like I said, just didn't, something didn't quite work, which yeah. is a shame. Um, and then next I watched 1984, which was made in 1984. Um, I'd recently read the book this year. Um, and this what been was on... the book called? <laughs> 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it a lot. And the spine number, because it's criterion, the spine number is 984, <laughs> which I like a lot. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I, I watched that, um, directed by Michael Radford. And it's, uh, I think I had the, I enjoyed it. I think when I was watching it, I had the impression that if I hadn't have seen, or if I hadn't read the book, I would have no idea what was going on. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, and the problem is with the book, so much of it is about inner thoughts and like building this world that we're not comfortable with, you know that it's hard to put that across into film. It's hard to, you know, they use kind of like monologues and like voiceover and stuff to try and get it across. Um, but so much of it is just, is thoughts. Mm. So it's hard to kind of, it's hard to put that onto film. Um, yeah. So yeah. I wasn't, you know, amazed by it. It was fine. If you like the book, I'm sure that you'll get something out of it. Has there ever been a remake? There's been a few, I think. I kind of went to log it and I saw that there's been so many, you know, 1984s, I think like BBC dramas and stuff like that yeah. um, have made it into like long form TV series. But there's been a few, I believe. Yeah. So there's a few out there. Um, yeah. And then lastly, I watched um, Wally or Wally. I always want to say Wally, but I'm sure it's Wally. Um the Pixar film. Um, we showed it to my daughter on Sunday because we were looking for something new that she hadn't really watched before. And uh, we haven't watched it for a long time. And it is so good. It's just, you know, yeah. especially because I'm getting to that point now where I want to start introducing it to silent comedy. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is such a good starting point because yeah. the majority of it is silent. And they kind of, you know, they do say singular words to each other sometimes, but it's mostly like facial expressions and movements and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought that, you know, this might be a good transition into that. Um, and it's just, it's so beautiful and well done and simple, you know. Yeah. Um, it's Did great. Did it work for her? She absolutely loved it. Yeah. She absolutely loved it. Yeah. She, um, she's been, you know, she loves the fact, her favorite thing at the moment is to say that she's best friends with people. So uh -huh. the fact that like Wally and Eve were like holding hands and stuff. She loved it. She was like, they're best friends. They're best friends. So, um, cool. Yeah. We'll be watching it a lot more, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but that <laughs> rounded out my week. We started very horrific and then ended with the beautiful Wally. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. What um, have you been watching, Brennan? So I have done like a little binge of rewatching um Wes Anderson movies. It started with uh my um sister in law was over and we were like looking for something to watch. And of course, I, you know, we talked about, I mean, we watched Bottle Rocket for one of our other episodes and I had chosen Bottle Rocket because I had just seen Darjeeling Limited. So um, I was like, I, I had wanted my girlfriend to see it and my sister-in-law to see it. So I was like, let's watch the Darjeeling Limited. Like it's been a couple of months since I had seen it and I really enjoyed it. I wanted to rewatch it and I knew that they would probably like it. So we, we, we watched that. They liked it a lot. Yeah. And then, and I think I even bumped it up to five stars. I think I had it at like four and a half maybe wow. before. Yeah. So, um, we watched that and then immediately afterwards, like my brother-in-law had just gotten there and we were like, let's, watch another movie. I was like, y'all want to watch Bottle Rocket? <laughs> so yeah. we did like a double feature of those two movies, which interestingly, have I, you probably haven't watched the Jarjeeling Limited yet. No. Um, you, you should watch it. It's like, it's a very, it's got some interesting parallels with um, Bottle Rocket. I mean, it's about the three main characters are three males. Yeah. But they're all brother. They all happen to be brothers in this one. Um, and, um, yeah, both are amazing movies. I mean, if you want to hear mine and Lewis's thoughts on Bottle Rocket, you can go the few episodes back. We we had a whole episode about it. Um, and then uh, a few days later, we put on the Royal Tenenbaums, which I haven't watched in a while, but I think it was maybe my first Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Um, and it still holds up really well. I, I like... I think my favorite so far of Wes Anderson's is the Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. Um, the Royal Tenenbaums, I feel like, has more notoriety. Like maybe it's yeah. like his most popular one. It seems like the one that people talk about the most. Yeah. Um, but uh, and it's still a great movie. I gave it four out of five. But it, uh, it interestingly enough, the standout to me is Gwyneth Paltrow in that movie. Oh, I yeah. think because I've I've never seen her in a role like this and um this is maybe my favorite thing that she's done. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean any Wes Anderson is good Wes Anderson like Yeah. I'm, good. I'm really disappointed because I didn't financially invest <laughs> in the Criterion flash sale that happened earlier this month. Yeah. Um and I would have picked up the majority of Wes Anderson's movies if I yeah. had. They're all like on Criterion. They're all sitting there, um, and after Bottle Rocket, kind of converted me to Wes Anderson. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That that's a good trilogy there. There. Yeah, yeah. They're all really great, and all about like the the characters. Are they're like uh, those those three movies? The characters are come in threes. I mean, the Royal Tenenbaums has a little bit more, but I mean, there's like three kids, like the three children yeah. or whatever. But then the children have children, and then you know the children have parents, and the parents are big characters too. Um, so you know it spreads out a little more. But it's interesting, like you start to see kind of a pattern and a formula going on, and especially in his earlier movies, I feel like. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in his later movies, they're much more spread out and more like little vignettes that all tie together, it seems yeah. like, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I need to watch everything he's done. You know, every time I watch anything of his, I'm like, need to study more of this. <laughs> yeah, he could have you been know. a good one for us to do like a director series on. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. At some point, maybe. Um, and then I watched, uh, I was kind of looking for something scary to watch-ish. Yeah. And Old was on HBO from yeah. 2021, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. And I used to love M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, I think a lot of people did. I mean, a lot of people probably feel, feel the same way I did. I liked, I think the first thing of his that I saw was Signs, and I love Signs. Yeah. Um, yeah signs is terrifying. Yeah. And and not only terrifying, but like the acting is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like the filmmaking, the pacing. I know there's tons of people that also hate that movie and think it's trash, but like I love it. You know, I saw it when I was like in my teens and um just thought it was brilliant. I remember like before I even saw signs, my parents went to go see it in the theater. Yeah. And just them describing their theater experience. Like I wow. can remember, like at one point my mom had like a bucket of popcorn and like she jumped and like yeah. threw the whole thing in the <laughs> air. <laughs> and like that, that just kind of stuck with me. And, um, and then, you know, and then like the, the end scene with Mel Gibson, who obviously is like kind of a controversial person, but yeah, you know, good actor. At the end of the movie when he... I think it's also because it's a movie about... Um, I'm like not talking about old at all. I'm talking about science. But <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know, science is a movie about like questioning your faith. Yeah. You know, which is a subject that I'm very interested in as a filmmaker and just as a person. And that the scene at the end when he's holding his son and his son is like, has asthma and stuff. And he's like, he's like talking to God and he's like, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you. Like that scene like gets me every time. Anyway. So I've always liked M. Night Shyamalan. I liked the village cause it like felt like a, a story about homeschoolers. <laughs> and then, uh, and then after that I was just like, what is going on with this? Yeah, with these these film choices, because um, Lady in the Water was weird. It it was fine, but it it was it was. I was like, okay, you're allowed to have one, you know, movie that doesn't work for me. And then when uh, the happening was was coming, coming out, and like yeah. you know the trailers for it and everything, I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. It's like his first rated R movie, and I like went with my grandmother to see it. And it was just horrible. Yeah. It was a horrible yeah. like theater experience because like my grandmother didn't know who M. Night Shyamalan but was, but I was like, you're gonna enjoy the movie. He's a great filmmaker, like it's gonna be great. And but it immediately yeah. no, no. It was yeah. bad. It was so bad. Yeah. And then since then I've just kind of felt like betrayed. Yeah. You know? Um so I, I think I've come back around to be like, you know, a filmmaker is allowed to be whatever he wants to be. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, so, but I'm still interested in him as a filmmaker, you know? So I watched yeah. old and, and it's good, you know, it's not, mm. you know, it's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I gave it two and a half out of five. So when I say it's good, I'm like, it's, you know, it's fine. Yeah. You know? 
yeah. but it's more like uh, I feel like he's he's got these interesting ideas. Like maybe he should be doing Black Mirror or something like that, where he has like a, like a short yeah. short episodes or something. Because like yeah. it feel like the concept of the of the movie Old just feels like it's just like an interesting concept, but it. Like when you stretch it out yeah. over two hours, it's like, all right. Like, I feel like it's always the same. I mean, I, I know that Split has got like the people that love it. I did not like it at all. Yeah. Um, not a fan, you know. And I think that it's always the same. You know, Sixth Sense worked really well, but I feel like everything else I've watched, like including, you know, The Village, has yeah. just been like it started off really well. The premise is good, but there's just no execution in there. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, I feel I th- I I I would agree with that. It feels yeah. like I mean I talked about the happening I think last week because I was comparing it to the fog. Yeah. Um. For those listening that haven't listened to that episode, Lewis really liked the fog, and I I wasn't so hot on it. But mm. you can go listen to us talk about that in the last episode. But the yeah, it just feels like some of these. I some of these movies are ideas and they're mm-hmm. not fully conceptualized and written out. It's like they got rushed to production and and you know it's just yeah. I don't know. I, I don't feel the passion that I I felt that he had when he made The Sixth Sense and Signs and Unbreakable is also good yeah. if you haven't seen it. Yeah, um, I think I know I need to. I, I yeah, yeah. I think that it, it's a shame because you know Sixth Sense was such a movement at the time it was like a phenomenon you know um and you're never going to reach those heights again as a filmmaker yeah it's going to be impossible and i feel like everybody every time he makes a film people are like we're going to go back to the you know to the best and it and it never reaches it and it's really it's really sad yeah but more because of the pressure that's put on by other people like you said if you kind of go in and just accept hey these are the films they makes now yeah then you know they're fine yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean the acting was really good. I mean the uh what's his name? The kid from like he's in Jumanji, you know, the sequel to Jumanji and he's in mm. uh Hereditary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um that guy is a really good actor. Mm-hmm. I always like him and everything. And then uh, uh what's the Spanish actor, Gabriel? something sorry listeners i'm butchering i'm not worthy of this eldership right now (laughs) (laughs) um i mean yeah the acting was good in it like everybody was good it was just missing i don't know it like i said it was just a concept that was stretched out a little too long Mm -hmm. um but uh gail garcia bernal Mm. is great and um Alex Wolf. That's the guy from Jumanji and Hereditary. Yeah. I always forget he was in Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a different character because he's so freaking good in Hereditary. I yeah. Mean, he is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I also watched 3,000 Years of Longing. Nice. Um, which it kind of it was I guess it was only in theaters for like a tiny little while. Yeah. Like it seemed like like I saw the poster and I was like, this looks amazing. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, 
wow, this really looks good. Um, directed by George Miller, the guy that did Mad Max, mm-hmm. and it's got Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba in it. And uh, I, we rented it, you know, it's been, like I, I wanted to see it when it was in theaters, but it was yeah. only out for a little while, like I said, and and I haven't heard anyone talk about it at all. And um, I really liked it. Like it's not at all what I expected, but it was yeah. still, it was still really good. Like good. I gave it yeah. four out of five. It's it's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more like philosophical thought into it than you expect from the trailer because the trailer just seems like a really fun, entertaining ride. Yeah. But then it's like the, but it's more of like a a deep book if that makes sense. So there's yeah, a, it's yeah. very dense. There's a lot of thought in it. Um, and and that's not what I was expecting going into it. So I think next time I go, you know, watch it might be when I'm like looking for answers to the purpose of life or something, you know? Yeah. And I might give it more stars, but wow, it's still really, really good. Yeah. Um, if this but is if the you're... film that you're going to search out when you're looking for the meaning of life, there must be something in there. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and like, you know, if you're going in expecting Mad Max, it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then the last thing we watched was Stardust from 2007, which my girlfriend has been trying to get me to watch for a while. Um, and, uh, for good reason. I mean, it's really good. It's a, it's, uh, I mean, it's a fantasy adventure and, you know, I think it probably didn't get as much hype around the time. Cause in 2000, I mean, early, you know, early and late two thousands and onwards of fantasy adventure has been the thing. You know? Yeah. So there's yeah. so many other fantasy adventures that I think this one kind of got lost in the, in the stardust, if you will. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it's got, it's got so many great people in it, and it was a really good movie. I mean, Charlie Cox is in it. He's the main yeah. character, you know, Daredevil himself. Uh, Claire Danes, Sienna Miller from wow. um, uh, Wander Darkly that we watched yeah. earlier this year for Film Church. Ian McKellen. Um, and... Henry Cavill. Wow. Before Superman. Super, before yeah. Superman. Um, Peter O'Toole, Mark Strong, um, and uh, Robert De Niro, of all people. Um, have you ever seen this movie? I haven't, no. It's, I, it's, I mean, it's instantly recognizable to me. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good... I mean, it's PG-13. It's a good, like, you know, family-friendly um Oh, and Michelle Pfeiffer, of course, is yeah. also in it. Uh, yeah, it's a good um, family-friendly, you know, as long as there's not, like, little, little kids, I guess. Yeah. But it's not that violent. It's not like there's blood or gore, but, you know. We should go by um, what my dad's standard was when we were kids. Um, he He told us that if children were in it, then we'd be fine because they wouldn't let children be in a film um, that is scary. So... <laughs> That's why I watched um, Dante's Peak way too young. And then when grandma went into the lava, I think it scarred me for life. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Not, I mean, <laughs> um, kids, 
yeah, do I mean, effed up things in movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean the conjuring films, you know. I mean, yeah. Can't imagine hereditary. Shining. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we just watched the series uh Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. And the kids in that movie like say some crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean I've got to give him some slack though, because I was a wimp as a kid, so I would not have watched any <laughs> anything if it was up to me. So I'm sure, you know. He had his ways to get me to, you know, just sit down and watch a movie with a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, that was it for me, so. Now, I've gone, while you were talking, I went and added probably like four out of the films that you mentioned to my watch list. So, oh, nice. Yeah, I, I always like that. I always have my letterbox at the ready to add these films so that Sweet. I remember for future reference. Sweet. Because you, you inspire me a lot. I mean, we watched The Mummy because you watched The Mummy. Oh, yeah. We watched X-Men because you watched Daredevil, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> so next week I'll be repeating what you said about Darjeeling Limited, but... Glad I'm making an impact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, vice versa, too. There's lots of films that I wouldn't have been on my radar at all if it wasn't for you. Yeah. This is the dude. beauty of Film Church. Yeah. Um, I hope we're doing the same for our listeners. Yeah, me too. Bad Hair from 2020. Terror takes root. In 1989, an ambitious young girl gets a weave in order to succeed in the image-obsessed world of music television. However, her flourishing career may come at a great cost when she realizes that her new hair may have a mind of its own. This is it. This is bad hair. <laughs> the film that I've been waiting to watch for the last two and a half years. Yeah. But wasn't willing to battle a snowstorm to go see it. <laughs> I was going to say, the story you told at the beginning would be like the perfect start to a film. Just like <laughs> yeah. we're snowed in and we have this one film, you know. That we have to watch. That we have to watch. Yeah. We're gonna wait for someone to come rescue us. <laughs> I mean, as long as we've yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be stuck in a snowstorm or in any storm or just yeah. stuck in general, like the move a movie theater is the place, right? Yeah, you took I mean, that that's where I'd rather be one hundred percent of the time. So Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, did I ever tell you my dear death experience at Alamo Draft House just before we jump into the film? <laughs> no. So, okay. So I went to Alamo on my own once and I went to see a John Wayne movie, um, but I can't remember the title of it now. And there was me and like three old people in this huge screen. Um, and the, it was like storming and stuff outside. And about halfway through, there was a loud bang and then all the lights went off. And for a split second, including the film, and for a split second, I was like, I'm dead. Do you know where like it's so black <laughs> that I was like, I don't even know if I'm alive anymore. Um, but it was like the lightning had struck the Alamo and um we got a full refund and we're told to leave. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But you I was like for that split second, I was like, I'm dead. So what was the John Wayne movie? I can't remember off the top of my head. And that's the thing, I never finished it. Because <laughs> we got like halfway through and I was like, I'm not gonna finish it, you know, when I'm not in a cinema. Yeah. So I'm going to do some research and try and find it. I can't find it out. We'll let you know at the end of the episode. (laughs) Maybe Lewis will pick it for next week. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, we're here to talk about bad hair. That is the feature today. Um, man, this movie, I liked this movie a lot. I'll say that. Um, Ellie Lorraine mm. is phenomenal. Um, she has acted before this movie, despite at the end of it, it's saying introducing Ellie Lorraine. She's also been in Dear White People. I mean, she's got a credit for it. I got to go back and watch that movie to see where she is. But yeah, um, she she's great in this movie. Great. I mean, all the casting decisions in this movie were spot on. Um, but yeah, just her as the lead is. She's really great. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Like, yeah. um, she she really sells the character, but also, um, you know, and this is a combination of her acting and the the um, the uh, the writing and the the character development that happens in the first like thirty minutes of this movie of building her character and understanding who she is as a person and what her work life is like and what her family life is like, I think make you really fall in love with this character and want her to succeed and survive and want to know what happens to her. Um, and then that on top of the production design, I mean, it's set in LA 1989 and it like everything looks amazing. Like it's, it's got, you know exactly the kind of nostalgia that everybody's into right now that late 80s early 90s look um they work at a tv station they they make music videos um and or air they have like music video shows basically it's kind of like an mtv thing um and uh yeah just all of it i just kind of ate it up it was like this is this is great. This is yeah. awesome. Um, and it got me thinking, like, for the first time going through it, like, what defines a successful film these days? Because mm. this is a movie, I know it's like 20, like, this film premiered at Sundance in 2020. Obviously, a lot of crazy stuff happened after that. It got sold to Hulu. Um, it showed in theaters at in late 2020 for maybe a week and then went straight to Hulu. Um, but it's a film like, you know, I mean, like, first of all, Lewis and I are two white guys. So like, you know, it's coming from our perspective and it's, but like, like where, I I don't know how I would have ever seen this film or found out about this film or, or anything if I hadn't have gone to Sundance and knew that it was there. Yeah, you know what I mean. It feels like such a a gem of a movie that it's like it's there. It's right there. Anybody can yeah. go watch it. You know, you can pay five ninety nine or whatever and get a Hulu subscription and go watch the movie. But like, who's gonna know it's there? Yeah, and like this this film feels like a success to me. But what I don't know. We're in such a strange time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think that it definitely um, is hindered by the fact that it's buried deep in the algorithm that is the streaming platforms. You know, yeah. even 
you know, because we've been watching a lot of horror films. So when I go through even the banner for what they call Hulu Ween, which is like, you know, the horror films on Hulu is so small that you like miss it. It's not like yeah. on the main page. Right? And I'm like, this is the perfect time to sell these films and push them out because people are going to watch anything if it's horror related. I like to yeah. build them up and kind of give them a little bit more, I don't know, exposure, I guess. I don't think I was as hot on this film as you are. Yeah. After watching it, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think all the elements worked for me super yeah. well. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into like the bits that I liked and the bits that I didn't quite like. Um, but yeah, I think what you were saying about the fact that we're obviously two white guys. Um, but this is what's brilliant about cinema because it shows us a perspective that we wouldn't normally be able to see. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I'm not standing here preaching, being like, hey, we get it, you know, but it's kind of like, it's, you know, not only, you know, a black woman in like a, in an environment where it's kind of a bit cutthroat, but also like a different time period, you know, yeah, and how important, you know, the progression and kind of the look was at that point, you know, yeah. so, um, yeah, I think not, you know, it's, it's hard not to, it's hard being in this position of talking about this film without actually having any perspective on it outside of the film. Yeah. Um, but we're going to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will try. I mean, the so the main thing that got me when the film started was it starts with um, the main character, but when she's young, when she's a child. And her well, her cousin. I guess you find out later that it's her her cousin, but I guess she they her family adopted her. So she lives with her uncle and her aunt and her cousin. Her cousin is trying to chemically straighten her hair, and it doesn't go well. And no. um, I know listeners can't see me, but you can go watch some of our YouTube videos uh, and find out that I have very very curly hair like i have an afro mm-hmm. um and at one point when i was a kid um well I, i've always had like like weird things with my hair just because like i am a white guy and i have a fro but like you know just weird experiences of like my parents trying to um like figure out what to do with my hair <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. my dad trying to like brush my hair out, and like I do have a tender head, and like I always hated when my dad would like mm-hmm. do anything with my hair. Yeah, um, like one time I went to get my hair cut, and uh, the guy, the guy got like halfway through cutting my hair, and he's like, oh, "I need to take a smoke break." <laughs> he like went out for like fifteen minutes to take a smoke break because <laughs> he just like. Did not know what to yeah. do with my head. Um, and then at one point when I was like a teenager, my uh, sister tried to chemically straighten my hair and she put this stuff in, and, and she went to beauty school and stuff. Mm. So like I went to her salon and, and stuff and she did it there. But she like put this stuff in my hair and like within seconds, like it was supposed to be in there for several minutes, like maybe yeah. 20 minutes. I don't even remember how long it was supposed to be in there. But within seconds, I was like, this is burning the hell out of my head i can't like wash yeah. it out right now like yeah <laughs> so immediately like when this movie starts there's a scene like that and it's like you know played as like a horror movie moment and i was like yeah 
that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so immediately I was kind of like into the idea and, um, and the whole concept of what is allowed, like what looks are allowed in like the workplace and like yeah. in, in corporate America, you know, what, uh, what image means. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like I've always been one to say fuck you to all that shit. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna wear a suit and tie and, you know, I, I mean, I like the look of a suit and tie, but I like, I, I lean towards not doing that just because it's like a standard. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it does. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of the, you know, the conceptual stuff of this film, I, I was really into all of that stuff. Um, even though it's not a film made for me at all, but, um, but the idea of it was still really cool to me. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, the film for me is at its best when it's away from the horror, horror element and it's talking more about, you know, the, the corporate world and how to get ahead and what these people are doing to be in the position that they are. You know, there's yeah. nobody in there that's, that's not having to change who they are or sleep with someone to yeah. get a leg up, you know? Um, and I did, I think the workplace scenes worked the best, yeah. you know, especially showing that progression. Um, and I think, you know, for me, it was the horror elements that I think let it down. Yeah. You know, the whole scene that I know that that's, this is the point, but the scenes with the, with the hair, like killing people and stuff like that, <laughs> um, just didn't quite work for me but then again yeah. when they were in the office i was like okay this is really interesting you know yeah yeah and i think I, I i definitely get what you're saying because the i watched it twice and the first time i watched it the horror elements well the for one thing the horror elements like uh dial up later in the film so i think yeah. like the first like 40 minutes of this movie to me are like perfect but mm -hmm. then but then like the horror elements almost like changed the film in a way. Yeah. Um, I think it's better that the second time I watched it, but okay. um, the, you know, there were a few things that just fell off, I guess. Yeah. With, with the, the tone of the film, but also just the execution. Cause it feels like so much of this movie has so much passion and, and love and like, um, you know, it feels like the filmmakers are giving it everything they've got. But then, like, this, there's a scene where um, she tries to go and get, like, the the weave taken out of her head. And then the hair just, like, kills everybody yeah. in the room. And those deaths, they they weren't great. Like, they, um, they it, happen so fast and they, they don't, they don't look right. Like, they don't, no. they don't look convincing. There was, and I, I, I I think that's that's like a downfall for the movie because after that everything works again. It seems like to me the second time mm. I watch it, but the first time I watched it, that scene brought it down enough to where, in my mind, I was like, "Oh, the rest sucked." Yeah, but it's really just that one scene. Yeah, it seems like I think that's that's a similar scene that I had an issue with. It looked very. Did you ever watch any of the shows that are on the CW, like iZombie, The Flash? I watched some of the Flash. I watched yeah. like Arrow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. I felt it yeah. was very. It was directed and shot very 
like made for TV. Yeah. Um, which was really frustrating because the scenes, especially around the office, again, like when we're kind of looking up at the buildings and kind of like, you know, rolling underneath and some of the, the visuals there were really interesting. And, you know, I like the shapes that were created on the screen. And then you get to that, like you said, and it's just like, uh, this this is supposed to be like the like the crescendo, you know. It's supposed to be like yeah. a big moment where she like loses control completely, um, and it just looks like it was like they ran out of time or budget and they had to get it shot in a day. You know, yeah. I don't know, but it, it, it felt very, it felt yeah. rushed and cheap. And it's like, no, this is the moment where you're supposed to lean into the yeah. gore, you know, because you're already yeah. doing it. You're already doing this weird fucked up thing that like yeah. I mean there was already a couple of scenes that like made me cringe hard I mean when she gets the weave put in like yeah, yeah that was a beautifully shot yeah horror scene you could like it made your scalp like tight yeah. yeah yeah it was like oh god I need to look away and I'm like, like my face is cringing and and the execution of the shots and the the music and all of it was just beautifully done yeah you know, to turn like putting a weave in into a horror moment. That was, mm -hmm. that was great. Yeah. Um, and then this moment is like, you know, you're already, and I mean, I, I can't remember if it was after this or, I guess it was before this where the, the hair like sucks the blood out of her like period, yeah. <laughs> which is disgusting, but like laughable at the same time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, there's this, there's this thing with like horror, where it turns into comedy sometimes, you know, and yeah. that was, that was that moment. And then this moment, it was like, you know, here's where you lean into, um, the gore or, you know, the horror of the fact that these people that you care about are dying. Um, and it was just so fast and like, and it felt, it just takes you out of it. Cause you realize, Oh, this is just a movie now. Yeah. You know, exactly, I'm yeah. not in it anymore. And I don't want to keep going on and on about that scene because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I love in this yeah. movie. But I think if that moment could have nailed it a little better than the the rest of it, I feel like more people maybe would be talking about this movie. I don't know. Um, I'm going to be talking about this movie more, I'm sure. But uh, because I, I liked the climax a lot, especially like watching it again the second time because uh, it I feel like it builds up to it really well. I like you know setups and payoffs you yeah. know like you see that she's like a smoker throughout the movie the first time i watched it i i when she's smoking at the end i was like has she been smoking but you go back and watch and she does smoke yeah. a few times through the movie um they also are like never get the hair wet um and that comes back around at the end of the movie and in a good way i feel like because she finds this gun under the desk. The gun turns out to be just a lighter. Yeah. And then so she just lights her cigarette because she's like, I'm going to die. And then she realizes she can use that lighter to set off the smoke alarm and make the water come out. And, and that's, you know, when the water comes out, then she can cut the hair off. Yeah. Sorry if you haven't seen this movie. You should watch it. I'm, I know I'm. Yeah, none of this probably makes any sense if you <laughs> haven't seen the movie. But... <laughs> um. But I felt like, you know, it was very well written and directed except for that, you know, earlier yeah. moment that we spoke about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel there was there was elements that were that were letting it down a little bit. And I think my my theory 
and it, it, it's not necessarily true, but my theory is that if something is touted as a horror comedy, it's because the horror element of it isn't strong enough. And I know that there's like except like um, exceptions to the rule. Evil Dead Two, Evil Dead Three, really, really yeah. strong horror comedies. But that's because I feel like they actually have jokes. Whereas I know this is kind of a horror comedy, um, but I felt like the comedy aspects came from like you said, like the the either the grossness of it or the unbelievability of it. Yeah, and I, I always mean, feel a bit, you know, kind of. I feel like it's sometimes I feel like it's a cop out to put horror comedy as a genre, um, and that's been my feeling. Like I felt like that for a long time. Like you remember Happy Death Day that came out, yeah, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Hey, it's a horror comedy," and I was like, "If you had just called it a horror, I would have enjoyed it so much more." You yeah, because my expectations are that it's going to be funny and it's not. Mm, yeah. You know, and it's just like yeah. because it's a little bit silly, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're yes. It's like, in terms of horror comedy, it's like, make the horror horror and make yeah. the comedy comedy. Yeah. And I think if the, if the horror is um, comedy, then it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird line because it's like the, the whole period thing was horror comedy, I feel like. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, don't do that. That's disgusting. But why, like, why am I laughing at this? Um but then the you know i do think that there are parts of this movie that are really funny like when she <laughs> when she throws the um the rapist uh landlord out the window and he you know there's just the shot of him falling out the window into the trash can like yeah. that was funny to me yeah and then um the the roommate was funny you know the comp, you know when the roommate's standing outside right after that scene and she's talking about mr tannen or whatever and like I thought that character was really funny and then at the end she's like she went and like got her hair straightened and she's like I hope my boyfriend fucks it loose tonight you know like <laughs> she's like just kidding I want it to stay yeah um like she was really funny like that was yeah. a, she was like a great little side character that like made me laugh um you know, so there's like a few little things like that, but mm-hmm. I get, I get, definitely get what you're saying, where it's like you don't want like a moment that's supposed to be horrific to be funny. That yeah, that's it. And I feel like, and it, and though I mean, there were some jokes that did make me laugh, like that one that you just said about "No, I'm only kidding. I, I need to keep it the way it is." Um, yeah. That was funny, um, but it's kind of more, you know, when you get to the horror elements and you can tell. That the unbelievability of it is what is trying is trying to get a laugh. From, yeah, I guess. But yeah. what about um, like towards the end when she goes back to the office and she finds Zora in there? Yeah, and she's like, "There's like a dead person," and Zora is like, "Something bad has happened," and Anna is like, "Oh, I'm aware." Yeah, you know. Did that was that like a comedy moment to you, or did, does that like take you out and be like, oh, you're not taking it serious enough? Um, I guess, I mean, I guess it was funny. I don't think that I like, I don't know, it takes a lot to make me kind of like laugh out loud yeah. at films, you know. I don't think that like any of it kind of made me laugh out loud, but I did think that the script was like it had you know those one liners that were really good. Yeah, um, that yeah. worked, and that did work. And it's the same with um, Lena Waite's character. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like she's got some really good like lines in there as well. Yeah. Um, but I just could not shake Denise from Master of None. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's such a hard character to break away from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she does play the same person. Yeah. Did you ever see um, Ready Player One? Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. She's in that too. Yeah. She's kind of getting typecast a bit. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, I mean, it's, I guess I say it's a shame and she's super successful and she's like managing to produce a lot. So if this is what yeah. you need to produce, you know, kind of get your name out there and get other people out there and do it, you know, who yeah. are we to judge? And, um, and I think that I like watching her on screen. I think that she's a, she's a talented actress and comedian. So, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I mean, I, I like her and everything, you know, I, I think yeah. she's a great actress and, um, yeah. Want to see her do more. And I was also impressed with Jay Farrow as well. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I knew him from Saturday Night Live. Um, okay. Yeah. Which I always, I always liked him on Saturday Night Live. I think that he's, he's really funny. So it's good to see him in a film, you know? Yeah. Um, and playing a supporting character that's a little bit different than what you would expect. Cause he's, yeah. he's, yeah, he is a guy. <laughs> he is a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I liked everybody in this movie. I mean, uh, Laverne Cox is also in it and mm-hmm. she's cutting hair again, you know, like she does in Orange is the New Black, but yeah. you know, she's great at it. Yeah. Um Usher. Usher. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly Rowland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Yeah, lots of great people like mm-hmm. But I think the I, same is for dear white people. I mean, you watch like I haven't seen it. I watched the trailer after this just to kind of get a feel for, you know, where the film before. Um and everyone in that was like, Oh, it's them. Yeah. Oh, it's this but you know. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously got a really good contact list of these um really talented actors and actresses that he can rely upon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean he's uh yeah, Dear White People was it's a really good movie. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. I guess I watched yeah. it right before I went to Sundance, so I'm I'm trying to remember everything. I remember really liking it. I guess that was 2014 when it came out. Um, and it... I mean, just like the title, Dear White People, like it's a good film for white people to watch, I feel like. Yeah. You know, to like get a sense of... Um, what you might be missing in the world, mm-hmm. you know, or not paying attention to, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a really good film. Yeah. It really made me want to go and watch it. Um, which hopefully yeah. I will do this week. I think, um, you know, even though I didn't love this film, I think that like, it made me want to go and watch all this stuff that, um, he's done just to, just to, just to see, you know, cause I know that, um, there's probably something there that I want to really like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think I bought it on iTunes, and I have uh, what is that? Um, I have this, uh, like the called? screen share pass thing. Yeah, the screen share. Yeah. yeah, I think I can maybe like give you a day pass or something like that. Um, oh, cool. If you want to watch it, if yeah. it's listed, it's only if it's listed as like one of the things I can share. Yeah. But 
Um, yeah, Justin Simeon, he's supposed to be... I guess he already filmed it. They're in post-production on Haunted Mansion. He's doing yeah. a remake for Disney. So yeah, I mean, good also, for him. Like, Get that Disney money. And he's producing... Is it the Lando series? Oh, is he really? I think I saw it That's on a good choice. Yeah, Because I was like... Because that was the other thing I was like, okay, you know, Haunted Mansion is a really beloved ride. And I know there's like a lot of people that love that thing. So they're going to, I mean, I never know with Disney now, but they're going to, you know, trust someone to make a good film. Yeah. So if they've chosen Justin Simeon, that, you know, there must be something other than this film that I can like connect to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's going to be, um, Childish Gambino, right? Yeah. Yeah. Starring I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I forgot they were doing that. Me too. Until I saw it, and I was like, is that Lando Carrizin? And it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have you. <laughs> Star Wars Lando. Is that Lando <laughs> Carrizin? <laughs> or is it a different Lando? Are you faking me out? <laughs> I feel so removed from the Disney Plus series at the moment. Yeah, I just can't put it together. So. Yeah, it's like when they first came out, it was like, "Oh my god, this now this," and now it's just like, "Uh, yeah, stop, please." Yeah, or just break, put the brakes on. Yeah, yeah. But hey, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I'll you watch do it so. eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, anything else about this movie? Uh, I really liked the setting. I think that it's it's an important time in pop culture and music history in terms yeah. of like the beginning of you know it's obviously based on MTV, this station that they're working at, mm-hmm. and the kind of the the change in in attitude. And I like the fact that um, that Anna was very like we need to listen to what people actually like. We can't tell them what to like. We need to kind of start putting these things out that you know that people are actually going to pay attention to. Um, Because I think that's still a problem today is that, you know, these, especially like music producers and these big studios and stuff will tell you what they think you're going to like without actually listening, you know, they'll just kind of regurgitate. So I did like that part of it. And the, and the, the the music was really good and the the costumes were great. And, you know, it, it looked, it looked really good. Yeah. I mean, I think, what you're saying is is it kind of mirrors what the subject matter of the film the film is and maybe that's why he kind of said it in this time period is yeah. that the film is about um not about what people tell you you need to like or tell you you need to look like it's about what you like what yeah. makes you film good what makes you feel good yeah and um embracing embracing who you are because mm-hmm. you know it's like i like ellie lorraine with her with her fro you know she doesn't yeah. need that straight hair no it's exactly. great yeah you know <laughs> yeah she does um yeah anything uh, anything I, else you want to add about it Brendan? Bren? I, th- I think just that I, this is a film that I'll probably go back to every once in a while just because it's I, th- I think there's more there than we're than we're seeing. oh I'm I'm a hundred percent that I did not get everything from this movie <laughs> yeah you know which is it um 
I was going to say it's a shame, but then I'm like, it's it's not because it's not, you know, as a white male, I'm super privileged that every film made is made for me. Right. So, you know, if one film doesn't quite hit, you know, I can't complain. Yeah. You know, and that's just, that's the truth. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to guess what I rated this film on Letterboxd? I sure do. Um, I'm going to guess. It's always a tough one because I never know. Because I know you've watched it twice. And you said the first time you felt a bit let down with that scene. So I yes. think the second time it got bumped up, probably substantially. So I'm going to say four and a half. Okay. I'm going to say you rated it three. Wow. Okay. What did you rate it, Brandon? Four. Nice. I rated it two and a half. Okay. So we were <laughs> both half a point away. Yeah. <laughs> we get pretty close. We do get every time close. if we don't nail it. Yeah. We get pretty close. Yeah. Like you said, I think that, you know, with my rating system and stuff, I there was things in here that I did like. There was things in here that I didn't like. Um, and it just, overall, it wasn't, you know, we were talking about the two and a half stars earlier. Like, it's fine. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it anytime soon. Yeah. But, you know, maybe I should. Because if it bumped up for you, maybe I'll get more out of it a second time. Yeah. So, you're influencing I mean, me again. I mean, people with Rose, I think, relate to it more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not denying that. I'm pretty sure. So, one more week. Yes. Darnish Horror Month. That's right. Horror. Horror. The are horror. You, are you ready for it? I'm ready. So, um, to let viewers, well, listeners in behind the curtain, about two weeks ago, Brennan and I was talking about, you know, plotting out these these episodes a little bit. And I had completely forgotten that I had one more month in um, the Danish Horror Month. One more to, day. To pick a film. Yeah. One more. Yeah, that's it. What a, <laughs> one, one more month. Wow. Um, I was already looking ahead to November. So this caught me off guard a little bit. And when we were talking, you were like, just pick something, you know, even if it's a silent film. And I was like, <laughs> challenge accepted. Um, so the film that I've chosen for us to watch, and it's a film that's been on my watch list for a while, and it sounds very interesting, is Haxan from 1922. Um, it's on HBO Max, so we don't have to pay for it, which is which is very nice. Yes. Um, and it's a bit of a weird one. It, it IMDb says that it is a fictionalized documentary showing the evolution of witchcraft from its pagan roots to its con um, to its mixture with hysteria in Eastern Europe. Nice. So there's a lot of things in there that I'm sure we are going to unpack. A fictionalized documentary, which I don't hear that often. And I showed Chelsea like a clip of it the other day, and she said, oh, God, turn it off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm very Hell excited yeah. to watch it, because I feel like, you know, we went to see Nosferatu, and the images in Nosferatu is so much spookier because of the tint and because of the fact that it's like, it looks more real because there's no special effects. Yeah, and the fact that you know all the people that made this movie are dead. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> so 
this I, I am sure is probably going to give us nightmares. But hooray, it's it's the one yeah. that we're going to end the month with. So yeah, yeah, make me have nightmares for the rest of November so that I can be like, thank you, Film Church. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> and I found the film that I nearly that the power went out of. It was they were expandable from 1945, directed by John Ford. Nice. And I still haven't logged it. It's on my watch list, but too late. I guess they weren't expandable, were they? That, no. Yeah. It, that's that's it. The lightning struck and it was like, that's the end. So, And we were about an hour and 40 minutes in. So we're nearly <laughs> in the end, but I was like, okay, great. <laughs> nice. Well, folks, I hope you join us next week for the next, the last episode of Darnish Horror Month, uh, Haxton, 1922. Go check it out. Will In this meantime, be based on an EC comic? We'll find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in, in the meantime, you can go and uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Film Church Radio. You can find Lewis and I individually on our letterboxed accounts at Selman Scope and at Walker Lewis 3007, where you can keep up with what we've been watching, what we've been rating things, what's on our watch list, and give us suggestions on what we should watch in the future. Um, you can find all of our back episodes streaming on all good podcast platforms. Please leave us a rating and review. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. The only thing I've got left to say to you, Brendan, is what were you doing upstairs? I thought motherfuckers were going up there to celebrate. So shit, I went too. Shit, I was trying to blend in with these zombie bitches. Keep them at bay. Ah, that was terrible. <laughs> I can't do Lena Waithe justice. She's, no. she's yeah, one of a kind. She is. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Say, uh, say a prayer before you go watch this next movie, Haxton, and uh, we'll see you on Sunday. Amen. We will. <laughs> oh, man. I really thought that you were like thinking of the date that that Sunday was going to be. And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's always Sunday, so. Yeah. On Film Church. That's it. Amen. 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 Billable.